Welcome back to episode three of the JTD Coaches Me podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm Joanne Tierney Daniels, an internationally accredited health and life coach and the founder of JTD Health, Wellness, and Life Coaching. In addition to my health and life coach certifications, I hold a Bachelor of Science degree in Community and Human Services and have a lifetime of experience managing my own dysfunction. In my private practice, I mentor individual clients and small groups on a variety of wellness topics relating to health, eating disorders, love, family, relationships, career, and leadership. I also conduct complimentary live group mentoring sessions via Zoom on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please visit the JTD Health, Wellness, and Life Coaching Facebook page for additional information and the registration links for those sessions. I hope you decide to join me on Tuesday evenings. There is nothing I love more than interacting with my listeners personally. Before I get started, let me apologize in advance for the background noise you might hear. It's the first beautiful spring day in my neighborhood, and I just couldn't bear to sit inside. So I'm recording this week's podcast episode in my backyard. You may hear birds chirping or basketballs bouncing in the background. Please excuse these noises, and hopefully I will finish recording before the neighborhood lawnmowers wake up. Birds singing are one thing, but I won't put you through that torture. Today I will be discussing the concept of surviving stress. Don't let anxiety derail your best intentions. I'm going to talk about the impact of stress and anxiety on our physical and emotional well-being. We often use the words stress and anxiety interchangeably, and while they are certainly interconnected, their origins differ. Stress is a response to something external in our lives. It can be attributed to short-term challenges, work deadlines, school pressures, disagreements, a broken refrigerator, or even a traffic jam. It can also be blamed on long-term stressors, the death of a loved one, divorce, loss of employment, illness, or as we've all learned, a global pandemic. Positive events can be stressful too. Holidays, promotions, weddings, moving into a new home or having a baby often prompt stress in our lives. Some lottery winners have even reported that winning the jackpot has ruined their lives. I'll take their word for it, but I'm not convinced it would ruin mine. Anxiety is an emotional reaction to stress, which manifests itself internally. There's no uniformity to anxiety. It can present itself differently in each of us. Many people characterize it as a pervasive or persistent feeling of dread or apprehension without the presence of an immediate threat. Others have described feeling panic, heart palpitations, or nervousness. Despite their differences, we often lump stress and anxiety together because their physical and emotional symptoms can be the same. For example, both can cause headaches, insomnia, high blood pressure, acne, or chest pains. In addition, stress and anxiety can wreak havoc on us emotionally too, prompting moodiness, overthinking, pervasive worry, feelings of worthlessness, low self-esteem, loneliness, or depression. As a result of our feelings and reactions to stress and anxiety, we can also be impacted behaviorally. Stress and anxiety can influence our appetites, causing us to eat too little or too much. Others may become apathetic, procrastinating instead of facing their responsibilities. 
Some people increase their use of alcohol, street drugs, prescription medications, or tobacco. Behavioral symptoms can vary significantly. They can also include pacing, nail biting, cutting, and pulling out one's own hair. Of course, these examples aren't all inclusive, but they are some of the most common. The primary difference between stress and anxiety is that stress can be more readily resolved. Once the stressor is removed or a resolution occurs, the work deadline is met or the traffic jam is cleared, stress typically dissipates. During longer term events, strategies can be employed to minimize the impacts of stress. Exercise, meditation, deep breathing techniques, supplements, music, and emotional connections are all effective methods to minimize stress in our lives. Anxiety is much more difficult to resolve. It lingers after challenges pass, causing persistent physical or emotional discomfort. In some instances, anxiety may be chronic and develop into any one of several anxiety disorders. Acute anxiety requires medical intervention. Before I delve into these topics, I want to clarify that acute anxiety and its associated disorders are not something that can be addressed in this forum. My focus is solely on stress and minor anxiety. I encourage you to reach out to your doctor if you're suffering with acute anxiety. That being said, none of us are immune from stress or anxiety. This entire endeavor, the live Zoom sessions, and JTD Coaches Me podcast and blog were all born out of crisis. Like many of you, I felt helpless at the onset of COVID and quarantine. My first inclination is to face problems head on and look for solutions to fix them. In this instance, that wasn't a possibility. To counteract the stress and anxiety prompted by the feelings of helplessness caused by the pandemic, I wanted to do something to make a difference. I felt inspired by people in my community who were using their talents to pay their blessings forward. Following their examples, I wanted to use my knowledge and experience to help others who were struggling too. In true JTD fashion, I leapt in, all or nothing, fully committed without giving thought to any possible ramifications. In all honesty, this experience has been a double-edged sword for me. Without question, the personal rewards have been immeasurable. I've reconnected with old friends and met new friends. But those rewards have prompted stressful moments, which have been accompanied by anxiety. In my practice, I typically mentor people individually. My focus is on them. In most instances, the minute details of my backstory aren't relevant to their growth. But group mentoring is an entirely different ballgame. Group sessions provide a great opportunity to assist more people in the same amount of time that it takes to help one. But there are downsides too. Even though we're using an interactive format, group participants, particularly those who haven't met before, are initially guarded. It typically takes several sessions for them to open up and begin to share their own stories. A group forum doesn't allow me to simply present content. That would get boring pretty quickly. To be effective, my program content needs to be tied to real life circumstances. To make it relatable to your lives, I feel compelled to be forthright with my own story. As a result, I've been forced to think about pain and transgressions from my past. 
Each weekly session covers a new topic, but is intended to be interwoven with and built on the last. To be fully engaged with your journey, I must examine my own. And throughout the years, I have become adept at compartmentalizing painful thoughts and experiences, often filing them away without giving them due consideration. Traditionally, avoidance has always been one of my go-to coping mechanisms. Self-awareness is a blessing and a curse. It provides us with a chance to fully embrace our attributes and recognize our flaws. But most of us tend to dwell on the negative, to concentrate on what we did wrong, instead of congratulating ourselves for who we are now and what we've accomplished. Truth be told, I'm no different than anyone else. Over the past few weeks, I've fallen into the same trap, focusing on my past adversities as opposed to my triumphs. At the same time, I've allowed myself to occasionally revert to unhealthy habits that haven't served me well in the past. It's a cyclical pattern that's maddening. It lends itself to repeated frustration and anger. Look, without question, in most instances, doing an honest assessment of yourself is difficult. And yes, it can prompt stress and feelings of anxiety. But at the end of the day, growth should be a positive experience. It shouldn't be a hindrance to the advancement of your emotional maturity. This week, as I examined my historical stressors and their relationship to anxiety in my life, I also reflected on our prior discussions. On the surface, I've made significant physical changes in my life over the course of the last five years. And throughout those years, I've also done some great work to further my intellectual and emotional development. But at my core, unrest persists. Each week, as I prepare my presentation content, then listen to myself speak, I'm reminded that my work isn't done. Of course, I'm not convinced our work is ever done, but to live authentically in this role, I must follow the same path I expect my listeners to. For me, the inability to forgive myself for past transgressions has always been at the root of my dysfunction. This adopted ideology melded into my psyche. I easily forgive others in my life, but struggle with forgiving myself. As a result, I'm constantly engaged in an inner battle, continually waging an internal debate about what I'm capable of versus what I'm deserving of, contemplating pride and self-promotion versus arrogance and narcissism. Most of us act as our own judge and jury. We punish ourselves as we deem appropriate. Although few transgressions deserve a life sentence, that's often the sanction we impose. I've come to realize that continuing to punish myself only perpetuates a roller coaster in my life, one that I'm tired of, one that I'm too old for. At the peaks, I have self-confidence and make personal advances. During the lows, I'm consumed with self-doubt, which isn't conducive to personal growth or advancement. This week, I made a conscious decision to forgive myself. Why? Because my mistakes don't deserve a life sentence. Because I have no other choice. I'm 53 years old. When is the time to move forward, if not today? Crisis is a time for change. There are only three options, stagnation, regression, or progression. For most of us, the choice is ours. We can find opportunities for growth, shrink and defeat, or stay where we are. 
For me, it's time to get off the roller coaster and try a new ride. But we should be mindful that neither progression or regression is an all or nothing proposition. We're better served acknowledging that our flaws aren't reason to attack ourselves. Instead, we should view them as opportunities for personal advancement. Don't give yourself a life sentence. Our mistakes often arise from instances of love shared, chances taken, or moments of passion. Teddy Roosevelt once said, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Without imperfections, lost loves, and failed pursuits, our lives would be boring and bland. From this point, as a demonstration of my authenticity, I'm going to recognize my mistakes as an embodiment of my truth. They are merely a component of my humanness. Utilize your own self-awareness and take this opportunity to examine your truth and embrace your own humanness. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. For many of us, our stress levels are at an all-time high. People are fearful for the health and safety of themselves and their loved ones. I can't think of anything more stressful than that. Putting those concerns aside, we're also worried about telecommuting, virtual schooling, losing our jobs, and the economic impact of COVID. Relationships and emotional connections are at the forefront of our lives. We're spending more time with our immediate families, for better or worse. We've been forced to distance ourselves from others who are dear to us. Some people are growing closer. Others are growing apart. Parents are worried about their children's mental health and well-being in addition to their own. On top of our coronavirus-related concerns, real life has continued. Bills must be paid. Homework must get done. Laundry needs to be washed. Going to the grocery store has even become a stressful endeavor. For some, going into a store isn't even an option right now. Quite frankly, the options are limited for everyone. So what do we do? First, we must recognize the root of many of life's stressors. In most instances, stress develops from a lack of control. It's difficult to accept circumstances we have no control over. Think about the things that cause the most stress in our lives. Life is unpredictable. We can't control love, illness, or death. Weather can be tumultuous. Natural disasters plague us and accidents happen. If you weren't afraid of the unknown before, coronavirus may have changed that for you. It seems as if everyone is looking for someone or something to blame. Our fear is turning into anger as the debates rage on about pandemic versus plandemic, natural disaster versus biological warfare. For many, anger has become a coping mechanism for grief. Life as we have always known it may never be the same. Our freedom has been threatened. We can't socialize with whomever we want whenever we want to. Education, livelihoods, and retirements are in jeopardy. Worse, people are dying alone. Even after death, their families and friends can't congregate to say goodbye. That's a lot to mourn. Our anger is justified, 
but assessing blame to the senseless rarely brings anyone relief or comfort. If so, it's usually temporary. When we're besieged by pressures in our lives, the most powerful thing we can do is to accept life as it is. Your personal peace and contentment depend on it. Wishing for life to be something is not is an exercise in futility. Acknowledging where we are in the present moment without lamenting about where we've been or overthought about where we would like to be can significantly reduce the stress in our lives. Of course, that's easier said than done. Philosophical ideologies sound great, but practically incorporating them into our lives isn't as simple as it sounds. We must consciously leave the parts of our past behind that no longer have value in the present day. Again, this ties into my previous discussions about anger and forgiveness. Think about expanding those principles to grief and sorrow and heartache. At the same time, we can't squander today wishing for tomorrow. In my early 30s, preoccupied with hopes of marriage and children, I spent many worried nights alone in my apartment, eating ice cream, then crying myself to sleep. In retrospect, I cringe at the thought of the valuable time wasted. Those self-imposed unhappy moments changed nothing. I let the preconceived notions of how I thought my life should be prevent me from enjoying the life I had. I threw away time that could have been spent with lost family members or friends. One of the most difficult parts of accepting life as it is is modifying our responses to circumstances that we typically find bothersome. We must revise our strategies for dealing with a child's temper tantrum, a spouse's disapproval, or a belligerent colleague. At the heart of our annoyance, we are unhappy when people in our lives aren't behaving the way we would like them to. That brings us back to control. We cannot control the thoughts, behaviors, or feelings of others. If we re-examine these moments from a different place, remembering how we like to be treated when we're upset or tired or aggravated, we give ourselves an opportunity to react with compassion instead of contempt. If we can learn to treat others with compassion during stressful times, why can't we do the same for ourselves? Attacking oneself for external circumstances for situations beyond our control is senseless. Change your perspective. Turn it around. Celebrate the fact that you're a survivor, that you've done the best you could in the past with the knowledge you had. Now you know better. You can find a way to pump joy and excitement into where you are today. Looking for exceptional moments in the mundane takes work, particularly now. Do your best to find adventure in the ordinary. Try meditation, practice deep breathing, develop new hobbies, eat healthy meals, travel, exercise, and rely on your loved ones in closest confidence. Excellence can be achieved in an ordinary life. Most importantly, schedule time for internal assessment. Discover what wants to be nourished in your life. Unhealthy habits are a way to escape or self-soothe when we're dissatisfied with other areas of our lives. Unfortunately, they often become a compulsion. I wasn't hungry for food, but I couldn't stop eating. When we feel stress and anxiety, we start making poor choices. 
On the other hand, when you feel uplifted and positive, you will be able to make more conscious choices for yourself in every area of your life. And that's the place we want to get to, the place where you're making supportive choices for yourself rather than making destructive ones. Almost every human I have ever talked to about this has self-medicated in some way at some point in their lives, meaning they were searching for something to be fulfilled and trying to fill a void or emptiness with something else. Underneath that hunger is usually some area of our life where we'd like to be more evolved or devote more time and energy. Self-medicating might work for some temporarily because it makes us numb, but in the long term, we're still left with a pervasive feeling of wanting something more. Often, dysfunctional behaviors are symptomatic of some part of us that wants to be more expressive but feels suppressed. It's a sign that something wants or needs our attention. Perhaps you're working too much and other areas of your life are suffering. Maybe you crave more socialization, adult companionship, or a fulfilling romantic attachment. But instead of recognizing the message in this hunger, we only seem to recognize the feelings of dissatisfaction or anxiety and quickly turn to unhealthy behaviors to soothe and medicate ourselves. Sometimes this elevates to compulsion. But here's the thing. There is a gift in compulsion. Any compulsion is a powerful healing opportunity. Your mind is trying to communicate a desperate need or desire to you. The body pretty much always tells us exactly what we need. This is our innate wisdom, but we've forgotten how to listen for and pay attention to what we really want. So anytime we are feeling anxious, bored, depressed, frustrated, or badly about ourselves, We need to examine our desire to self-medicate. It's a time to step back, listen, and focus on what you really need to find peace and contentment in your life. Take the opportunity to get curious about your internal wisdom. Think about what your body is trying to tell you. Instead, many people spend their time judging and criticizing themselves. We stand in front of the mirror and inspect our flaws. We punish ourselves with negative self-talk, overindulgence, deprivation, or militant exercise. That doesn't work. It's like waging a war against yourself. Nobody wins that way. How do you judge yourself? Examine your thoughts about your flaws and transgressions. Instead of loathing them, think of them as potential energy. Don't let them take you to a place of darkness. Self-criticism is a process that puts a component of your life on hold. Psychologically, view them as stored personal power. If you can overcome your negativity and insecurities related to personal transgressions and flaws, you will feel empowered. You will change your life. To uncover what needs to be nourished within you, Think about the areas of your life where you feel the most and least fulfilled and satisfied. This exercise will help you find where there is potential for greater development and self-expression in your life. Concentrate on the areas of finance, spirituality, joy, relationships, home, health, 
physical activity, career, and education. Determine which areas need to be nourished in your life. Once you identify what's lacking, we can devise strategies to help make that part of your life more fulfilling. As you go through this exercise, reflect on these words of Dr. Wayne Dyer, one of my favorite motivational speakers. Know that success and inner peace are your birthright. You are entitled to a life filled with joy, love, and happiness. I can't top the words of Dr. Dyer, so that's a wrap. I've talked about a lot here again tonight. For those of you who are participating in the 30-day commitment to enhance your lives, this week I encourage you to do the following. Continue the action steps you've already committed to. In addition, add a new one. Each week we will build upon the last, incorporating new healthier habits into our lives as we move closer to our 30-day objectives. This week, incorporate a physical goal into your life. Move for 15 minutes more than you did yesterday. It doesn't need to be complicated. Take a walk, do jumping jacks, or simply climb the stairs. Next, identify ways to modify your responses to circumstances you typically find bothersome. Find ways to pump joy and excitement into where you are today. Find adventure in the ordinary. In addition, try one new tactic to ease stress. Meditation, deep breathing, a new hobby, or take a day trip. And finally, schedule time for internal assessment. Discover what needs to be nourished in your life, looking at the areas we identified. If you haven't already joined my Facebook group, I encourage you to do so. The JTD Coaches Me podcast and my live Zoom sessions offered on Tuesday evenings supplement this Facebook group. Those are both the best mechanisms to interact with me personally. Studies have shown that having the right support and accountability partners are instrumental to successfully manage positive change in your life. These forms also provide participants the opportunity to encourage and communicate with each other on a daily basis. If you haven't turned me off by now, I know this is important to you. That means it's important to me too. And as I will remind you every week, when someone is important to me, I want to help them find a way to live their best life. So I hope to see you on the next live Zoom session. I would love to meet you personally. If not, tune into the next episode of the JTD Coaches Me podcast when I will discuss the next exciting step in our journey. Until then, thank you for listening and stay safe and well.